What's up, y'all? This is your host with the most said, the crazy man, Vera. And tonight, I'm going dolo. I'm going it solo. So George is not here tonight, but I have a fantastic, fantastic guest. And I'm looking forward to having a heartfelt conversation with Mr. Paulie G. And if you don't know who he is, you're going to know and you should know because we're going to be talking about him, his, how he got into the game, and how he's dominating the game. What? Say what? So for all you upcoming indie creators out there, here's an opportunity for you to take some notes, get your pen and your pad. It's going to be fun. We're going to rock out. But before we do, I just want to say shout out to this episode's sponsor, Story Comic. Story Comic is a podcast that focuses on people behind the words. The host, Barney Smith, interviews creators from all types and their works and tell stories about comics, comic-based stories, and all forms of pro storytelling. That's right. We said pro storytelling. We've been streaming our shows online since late 2019, and it's been amazing to see how many people around the world have come to appreciate and value the value of hearing people from who are just as passionate about their work as you and me. Are you passionate? I'm passionate. I know I am. So if you're a comic creator yourself or you know someone who is or you just want to hear about your favorite comic book or how it got made, check out storycomic.com. That's storycomic.com. Let's get it. Show for independence all around, giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream of Medina and Sam the Crazy Man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your mans, listen to us on the go. Updated every week, we never miss a day. Join the squad, come on in. It's time to cast the craze. If you are an independent, cast the craze. Making moves on your own, cast the craze. On your grind in the streets, cast the craze. Join the movement, catch the craze! Yeah, George, we did it again. Come on now, now you want to do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Cast the Craze Podcast. I'm your host with the most hip, the crazy man, Vera. And I am with Paulie G in the house. We're going to bring him in in a minute. What's up, y'all? What's up, everybody out there? What's up, Creators Outlet, ASAP Imagination? Everybody out there watching us in silence on Facebook, shout it out. Make sure you make yourself known. So tonight's going to be a fantastic episode. We're going to be talking about, to a fantastic independent creator who's just just making noise bro silently he's sneaking up on you he just came up he came from left bro i told you look to the left right didn't she say to the left in that song i'm just saying you guys weren't paying attention right so he snuck up and he found his lane and he's making moves in a big way so i'm excited about that but before we talk about that i want to remind you that hey duty he traveled across the cosmos from uranus just to meet you to tell his story that's right. Duty from Uranus. He is here. He's on Earth. Things are getting crazy. You have the government sending their best agent Doe after him. You have a chihuahua named Herman who thinks duties are talking jalapeno. What? You have a boy named Bobby who's a gamer who's partnering up with his buddy Patrick to find out what this green thing he saw in that toilet. Did he see something green in the toilet? I don't know. What did you eat? What did you eat? We had your vegetables. I know you did, right? You have the emperor of Uranus saying, hey, where's my son? And General Goatee's like, don't. 
Oh, that's right. We sent him off to earth as a joke. Oh, we got to go and find him. Is he okay? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. There's a whole lot of things happening. If you haven't picked up this nail in my toilet, get yourself a copy. It's a 140-page graphic novel, five issues, plus a ton of puzzles and games and activity for the whole family to enjoy. Don't you want to enjoy? I want to enjoy. Remember, I'm enjoys. I still enjoy I'm enjoys. Those are some good stuff. I'm enjoys. But check it out. There's an alien in my toilet on Kickstarter right now. Thank you, everybody who's back the campaign. And remember, if you back the campaign tonight, if you back the campaign tonight through Saturday, the offer ends Saturday, you'll not only get the graphic novel, you have to make a physical pledge. You'll also get Duty's Monsters on Planet Cthulhu, the sketch cover, the Virgin sketch cover, right? You haven't read this story yet. This is the second coming of duty, bro. It's not. It's it's off the chain. Off the chain. So without further ado, hit that like button. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Bring your family. Get the popcorn. Get the sleeping bags. Make this a fiesta because we're about to get busy and get jiggy with it. So let's bring in our guest, Mr. Paulie G. What's up, Paul? Oh, I was getting jiggy with it. What's happening? <laughs> All right, man. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm actually George. I I, I had a facelift, and, and you, know I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm being held in a secret location just just to make sure that we're not, we're not getting got to. So, George, is that why you always <laughs> wear your baseball caps to cover the fact yeah. that you got no hair? That that's well, they took it off whenever they took off the face. That's what happened. Is that what happened? They, they took off the the the, the beautiful hair that I. Had. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Man, I'm glad to be here. It's it, it's really great to be. And, and you know, I've said it once. I've said it a million times. Whenever I first started writing, you know, I had this show on repeat in the background. I was learning from it, and and I tell everybody every chance that I get. Awesome. What's up? What's up? What's up, Pops? What's up, Paul? What's up, everybody in the house? So, Paul, <clears throat> your story is fascinating, right? Your story is, is incredible. You, you're, you're new to the game, but you came in in a big way. But before we talk about how you came in, I want to know about you. I want to know about what motivates you, what, what makes you tick, you know, what gets you going. So let's go back a little bit. Let's go back. You know, where'd you grow up? I know I I grew up here in Fort Worth, Texas, born and raised, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm my my father was an entrepreneur. He was uh videotaping, you know, like weddings, quinceañeras, birthday parties. Nice. So every weekend we would be out there, you know, at a quinceañera dancing and having fun and making a little money and doing a little thing on our own. And you know, I I've always wanted to do something on my own, but I never thought I would write because I, I do have dyslexia. So it, it was kind of a hard thing to see myself get into. But, you know, I, I was born and raised here in Fort Worth and man, it's always been home. I've traveled the world a little bit, but that was, you know, teenage years kind of thing after, you know, high school and all that good junk. Right. Other than that, man, I, I, I I always wanted to be in the military. Unfortunately, I had medical reasons I couldn't. I always wanted to be a, a husband and a father, which I am a, a single father of three amazing kids. I tell people, if you've met me, chances are you probably met my kids and, you know, one of them loves you. So, you know, what else is there to say? Yeah, yeah. What's up, Grant? Yeah, yeah. George, George is um, on hiatus right now. So, you know, George will be back next week. Uh, he's doing his thing right now. But, um, all right. So, you just you 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 gave us a lot of nuggets. But uh, you know, 
dyslexia is not easy to deal with, right? Yeah. Um, to focus, right? Right. Um, right. Because it steers you in different directions. So how did you navigate with it? And what were some of the things that you did to try to control your focus? Well, I'm not going to, you know, it was, wasn't something that I really knew that it was what it was until like high school and college and especially college. Cause you had so much stuff that you had to read and I always wanted to write a book, but I could never really read a book. I, I once actually took a book that I loved that I really wanted to get into and see how it was. It was a 300 page book and I tried to give myself like eight hours a day to read it. And it took me a month. I mean, if, if you can imagine getting a 300 page book and it taking you 30 days with eight hours of your day that you're actually sitting there trying to read it because you right. love reading so much. And, and it was really at that time that I knew that I really couldn't uh, understand what was going on. So I, I, I had a different way that I started learning stuff. And, and that really was something that uh, hit me personally because I, I couldn't make it in college. So I went to trade school because trade school was more show you and hands-on kind of thing. Now I didn't never thought I would uh, write a book, but whenever everything happened, we were all stuck at home. I had uh, been let go of my job and my kids were stuck at home. And I was like, Hey, let's just brainstorm and get off video games and, and electronics so much. And we got a notebook and started writing ideas down and it was just fun. You know, it wasn't meant to be anything. And at one point I was like, you know, I always wanted to write a book. So I started trying to write and I keep get kept getting to like page 50. And at that point, it was like those headaches were just constantly. And you have to reread some of your stuff to make sure that you're continuing with canon, if you will. Right. And, and it just kept getting to that point that stopped me. And I had introduced my kids to comics, I think about four or five months prior to this, before everything went crazy. And they're like, this is a great story. Why not make it a comic? Right. And, you know, it was really, uh, there was a few light bulb moments that it was like, let's do that. Let's draw it ourselves. Let's, let's do this. Cause it was a, a motivation thing that I wanted to do for my kids. Right. It just so happened that, that there was an artist that was at our local bookstore. Uh, and if I, if I may, that's a pastime in Watauga. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, they said, Hey, an artist is coming in this weekend. Come talk to him. And his name's Mike Henson. And he sat down with me and he's like, you have a great idea here. You know, you really could take it to the next level if you wanted to, and just take a few steps. Right. And man, it, it just started a, a roller coaster ride that kind of, went in overdrive in those first few months. <laughs> it really did. You know, I, th I find it fascinating that you were able to set a goal for yourself, right? You said, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to, I'm going to invest eight hours yeah. of my time. You know, not everybody who, who has dyslexia has that mindset. We had a guest um, uh, from the UK on the show um, who same thing, right? He's a writer as well. And the amount of discipline it requires, yeah. you know, you know, what was driving you? Well, I mean, I loved to read. I loved, 
I, yeah, I loved comics because I, I got into comics, I think, whenever I was about 13 or 14 because it was so hard to read. It, you know, those bigger books, it took me so long and, and headaches and stuff. The comics were, were a lot easier and, and shorter, but they still took me to those other worlds. You know, I didn't get to use my imagination half as much as I did on a regular book, but it was so fascinating to get to see the art as well. And, you know, I, I loved X-Men. I loved X-Men. I loved Batman. And the friends that I hung around, they they collected different stuff. So I got to read their stuff, too. Right. And it was so many different worlds. Uh, I think the discipline about it was I really wanted to see how long it would take me to read a 300-page book. And and it was it was one of those things that, like I said, I always wanted to write a book because I was always fascinated by the worlds that they opened up for people. You know, the, the new vocabulary that, that you learned by just reading and, and finding a new word and and using my imagination. My imagination was always wild for me. I, I never knew that other people didn't think or take things in the same way, I guess you could say. Right, right. I, and I just didn't realize that until actually about a year ago. Wow. So, so but that's fascinating. So you, you set a goal for yourself, right? Yeah. And you wanted to see. So what yeah. did you learn from that experience and what, how did that help with your confidence or with your mindset on where you wanted to take wh what trajectory you wouldn't go? Well, I mean, they, it really helped in different ways, because like I said, I, I couldn't make it in the college world because they had so many uh, reading assignments per week kind of thing. I think I had four books that I had to read per week on that first week. And uh, because of that, I, I turned my sights to trade schools and, and stuff that I could learn by putting my hands on them or doing them or doing something in a repetition type way. So whenever all this stuff happened with the, the lockdown and me and my kids were doing this this uh, project, you know, I tried my hand at it again, but I realized I was hitting those same barriers. So whenever we decided to make it a comic book, I started researching how to write the scripts and I started talking to an editor and I realized I could take it in smaller portions. Right. And that, that's really what kind of led to this route. It was those, those easier, smaller portions and I could reread them without having those bigger headaches that I do do whenever I read so many words. You know, what's fascinating is that <clears throat> it's a great story of perseverance, determination, and vision, right? Yeah. And you're able to demonstrate that to your boys your yeah. kids, right? And that moment where you decided when to to just, you know what, I'm going to go at it. I'm going to write the comic book. You know, walk through, walk through that experience of the steps you've taken from I from determining, making the decision to actually doing it. Well, and I mean, wow. I mean, there was a lot of steps. There was a lot of moments. <laughs> but, but I mean, it really was, like I said, I, I didn't want them on video games so we we started this this little brainstorming kind of session every day for an hour and we made up about 10 or 20 different stories and the one story that stuck with us and that we expanded on the most was bushy boo circus mysteries so uh, i i want to say after months of us just being trapped in there it was like hey what can we do with this and and whenever i decided that we weren't going to make it into a book we kind of went through other phases, maybe a chapter book, maybe right. a screenplay. And like I said, it, it was a libel moment that we were like, why not a comic? 
so the the the, the biggest thing that I did, and I, I I tell everybody because of my dyslexia, my kid, my twins are dyslexic as well. I went and got an editor, and I went and I looked for an editor who was the toughest editor I could find. I didn't look for because I think I interviewed about thirty of them. And, you know, half of them were like, oh, yeah, I can spell check it and have that done in, in two days or so. And I didn't want someone who was just going to go overlook it. Right. I wanted someone who was going to critique me right. and, and tell me, hey, this is wrong. And this is how you need to go fix it or Wait, find pull, out how. Pause there for a second, because that that, yeah. that takes courage, especially yeah. when you're new to the game. Right. So what was it about that decision that made you say this is what's going to be right for what I want to do? And then how did you know to steer that direction? Well, I mean, I knew I had to get an editor again with my dyslexia. I, I spell stuff double sometimes and, and sometimes two words at a time. And I, I wanted to make sure that if I was going to make it a book that was going to sit on a, a bookshelf at a LCS or anywhere, or if I was going to sell it, I wanted it to be worth every penny that a customer was going to pay for it. So I wanted to get an editor who would be able to to come behind me or and tell me and i preferred that they gave me homework instead of just saying this is how we're fixing it right and that that's exactly what i found because my editor he was an eisner award-winning editor and he's like look i'm i don't have time to babysit you but i will answer your questions and point you in the right directions for you to fix it and then bring it back to me and then i'll check it and, and that's exactly what he did. He showed me some of his scripts. He pointed me out to the scripts that I should read. And then, of course, he was like, hey, give me like a list of, of uh, comic book writers that you like. And then out of that list, go Google them and look at at least three examples of their scripts. And, you know, it, it was a matter of weeks until I actually started writing. And, you know, I had a hundred million questions. It, it if anyone knows me, I'm really a kind of inquisitive type person, especially if you've been in the industry, because I don't know as much as half the people here. Right. So it's like, I always like to ask, you know, how did you do this? What What's going on with that? Where did you learn that from? So I can learn it. And that's the way I was with this editor. I, I would talk to him at first once a week. I had a list, list of questions. He's like, write 10 questions down. I'll answer them once a week. Until we get to the point we're talking, you know, a little bit more often. And again, I had uh, YouTube shows in the background. Your show, uh, Draw and Talk. Uh, a whoop, I, I can't remember what works. I can't remember, but there was a great show. I'll remember it soon. <laughs> but I had these shows and I had them on the background. And, and I would take a little bit from every one of them while I was studying. And I would put everything together as I was writing the scripts down and I would finally, you know, give my editor a script and take it from there. That is fantastic. I mean, it's, it's, it's an exceptional story because <clears throat> what we've learned right throughout the years that that's an, one major step in the independent community is one that's most always missing, right? Yeah. That second set of eyes. Yeah. The one that's not going to appease, but the one that's going to challenge, right? And it takes it takes courage to yeah. be able to have somebody tell you this doesn't make sense, right? And, right? Because this is your 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 passion, right? This right. is what you're putting, and 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 this is your first project. And the fact yes. that you started with your first project that way, it set you up for success because 
now you you had you've you set up a, 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 a prototype right. a, a platform a starting point where you know that it's just going to get better from this point on because you're in training camp and i love the fact that you said you're inquisitive you've become a student you're a student yeah. of the team. And, and and so and that's that's fascinating how did that help your relation with your boys throughout this journey what was that camaraderie like as you're exploring and navigating this way oh it was, it was interesting because i mean uh we would look at at comic books and start explaining to them kind of like the panel layout and the, the storytelling. And, and again, like a uh, page turns, these, this stuff was all new to me. And, and I, it really fascinated me how uh, certain, certain writers would, would write a page turn. So, so it would be a, a cliffhanger kind of isk. And then some of them would kind of do it in a different way. So I, I would talk to my kids and be telling them all, everything I learned and half time they were kind of overlook it, but sometimes, you know, they were kind of on board with me, especially cause it was comics. Right. Me and me and my boys started reading certain comics together. I remember one of the biggest ones was a uh, scout's honor. And, and it was fascinating to us because it was a different type of book. And it, I don't know if you've ever read it, but it, no. it followed a, a kind of an apocalyptic, world where there was this group of people who were kind of following the book scout the boy scout book right and one of the things was that the lead character was actually a girl but everyone thought she was a boy so i i got got to jump into this kind of world with with them and one of them would take it to school and bring it back and they would talk to me and they're like hey did you read this part and i'm like yeah i read the whole thing <laughs> and let's sit down and talk about it so it was you know, it was a great thing to to kind of talk with my kids about every day. Right. right. That's fascinating. So your first project was Bushi Boo. Yes. Right? And yep. uh, so now let you, you you worked with the editor. You're having fun with your boys. You, you, this, there's a great value system in place, right? Uh, there's a journey that's happening. Now, it's one thing to create the book. Now, what do you do? Well, now, Bushi Boo Circus Mysteries was the first project. I had a few interior artists drop out, so it hit hit a few walls, and there was a, other, a few other problems that that kind of stalled it on the way. I had started, and I was a little foolish. I started uh, signing up for conventions because I knew I had to study some more, you know, take them in there and actually do it. I had actually went to two conventions prior to this to just take notes. But I, I, as soon as we started, I was like, I want this to be my first convention. And I was going to plan on having this big Bushy Boo Circus kind of thing. And it, it had stalled. So I, I decided to double down. And that's whenever PTSD came along. And everything with this book, let me tell you, everything just fell into place. I don't know if it was the preparation with Bushy Boo. Or if it was just the grace of God, I, I really don't know what happened. But it was like uh, we found an artist who was bringing in pages every other day. And, you know, the, the script just kind of came to me. And even though I did research on everything, it was just flowing a lot better. Right. You know, because I felt like I, I was hitting on all cylinders at that point. <clears throat> so. I guess the first thing after PTSD got done was to go to the convention because I had it already signed up for. <laughs> and I, I got to admit, I, that was probably the scariest moment ever. Because here I thought I was going to have Bushy Boo Circus, which was kind of a, 
a little bit lighter of a mystery kind of story, Scooby-Doo's Criminal Minds. And it was stalled and not done yet. Oof. But I had this, this hard-hitting kind of mental illness awareness kind of project. That was the only one that I had there. And to my surprise, it sold amazingly well. Wow. Wow. So what, so you said you went there to take notes, to learn. So what did you learn from that experience? Uh, the first two conventions that I went to before I actually yeah. got a table, you know, uh, one of the biggest things in, a, and I tell all creators, new creators, this, I'm like, you know, always say hi, always say hi to everybody. I went to a convention and I, I said to myself, I got a, a few dollars in my pocket and I'm going to walk around this whole convention. And the first person who stops me, I'm going to buy from them. So I ended up walking around that convention three times. Wow. Three times without anybody stopping me. You hearing that indies out there? And so one of the biggest things that I learned from that was say hi to everybody. You don't have to sell to everybody, but say hi to them. Try to be personal. Try try to get out there. And if you're sitting down at your table, if you're you're on your phone, if you're you're not paying attention to the people. How do you expect to be successful? Yeah. And so whenever that first person said hi to me, again, I was there with like a list of questions. What kind of books do you sell? How much do you sell them for? Uh, do you come to conventions often? You know, is are they far away? So I, I had a, a laundry list of things that I actually took from all of the conventions that I went to beforehand. But and even the ones that I went to whenever I got uh, tables every Every time I go to a convention, I feel like I'm learning something. But that was the one big thing that, that I feel that I took the most. Say hi to everybody. Yeah, it's important. Um, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, it's, if you, I was in Puerto Rico and, and, and so it was just me. So I had I, I purposely said I'm not going to have my head down doing any commissions. I'm, I'm going to focus on trying to engage. Um, it's it's taxing yeah. when you're standing there by yourself for eight nine hours yes but if the, the the flip side of that coin is if you don't do it you're gonna walk away you know feeling discouraged because you're like oh no one was interested but you gotta you gotta they gotta they, you gotta get them to interest in you by yeah. you showing interest in them and acknowledging them hey i see you how you doing today hey yo what's that you got in your hand what would you get that from just little things to start a conversation yeah. and hopefully they stop yeah. Not everybody's going to do it, but the, hopefully they stop. And I think your approach is pretty fascinating because, <clears throat> number one, you demonstrated number one, maturity, a great sense of maturity. But I think your 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 curiosity is why you're in the situation you are now, right? Because you did all the things that we constantly hear people do wrong. You're doing all the right things that people do the opposite of, right? Because of pride, I know better. I don't have to do this. I don't. Have, but then there's no there's no movement, you know. So you know, you 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 did this campaign. You didn't have Bushi Boo for that event. You learned a lot from it. Now, what was the next step when Bushi Boo was done? What decisions did you make to launch that to get that out there to promote it? How did you navigate the space? Well, I mean, it it really was trying to get into conventions so i could learn that that atmosphere i i didn't feel that that uh you know crowdfunding was going to sustain all the, the amount of money that went into it so i was doing uh conventions and i started uh 
going to, to LCSs. Now, before the books came out, I, I did do a little campaign at LCSs. You know, I went around and said, hey, I'm, I've got a Kickstarter coming up. Can I leave some of the flyers and uh, ash cans and, and all this stuff? And this was prior to the, the, the campaigns of either one of them because my ash can was a flip ash can of PTSD on one side and Bushibu on the other side. So, I mean, after that, it really was getting back out there to talk to those LCSs and, and getting out there and learning and understanding the, the landscape of, of conventions. Cause I thought that was, and I still do. I think that's the major part of, of getting your, your books out there. All right. So you just jumped a step, right? You, you're giving yeah. us nuggets and you're not giving <laughs> us an, an opportunity to take it all in, right? Well, shout out to Michael San Martino in the house. Um, so how did you know that you needed an ash can? What was, when did you make that decision? What was the influence by that by decision and how important was it to, towards your strategy? Oh man. Uh, so I, Again, whenever I, I collected was was back in the 90s and whatnot. And you saw a few ash cans back then. You didn't see that many of them. And you don't see that many of them nowadays. Uh, I, I wanted to get something out there that, that they could see see the work and have, have it in their hands. And I was like, what's a better way to do that than an ash can? Right. Because, I mean, you can make a video of it, but are they going to see that? Are they going to actually hold it? So... You know, I went around and, and asked people about it, and some people were, were fascinated. They're like, you know, I've never heard of that, especially the younger audience. That I've never heard of ash cans. And I'm like, man, these things were highly collectible at one time. And, and you know, a lot of comic book collectors loved them. I know I did. So it was like I, I talked to some of the, the, the people on my team, and a lot of them told me, no, don't do it. Hey, it it's not worth the cost. But let me tell you. Hey, leaving them at the LCS is being able to come back and say, Hey, did you look at the ash can? Would you like to, to purchase these books after I got them? It opened up a wide, wide door. So I, I think it was right before the campaigns that I decided to do the ash can and, and they, they got printed pretty fast. And, you know, like I said, I hit the LCSs and, and they didn't really take my flyers because they were on Kickstarter. Right. But but they took the ash cans because they, they were mini comic books, basically. Right. Right. So yes, for everybody out there, local comic shop, just in case you don't know. What's up, Lou Pons in the house? Um, but that's fascinating. So so now you're saying I'm going to take on this expense. No, no initial return on this. You're looking at the long game. Yep. Coming into this game, new to the game, new to writing. Everything's new. The experience is fascinating, right? You made the decision. I'm going to invest in this. There's no guarantees going to be, but I believe in what I'm doing. How did you muscle through that, and 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 how, how did it benefit you? Well, I I got I got to say again, uh, my my father was an entrepreneur whenever he I was younger, and and I've heard stories of other entrepreneurs, and I studied it a little bit whenever I was studying, you know, the the cons and stuff. And just about everyone says, you know, you're going to lose out that first go around. You're going to take a loss and you got to spend a little bit of money to make it. So whenever I did that first Kickstarter, which again was, was PTSD, I didn't expect it to be successful. I, I mean, I, I was hoping and praying, but I didn't know anybody in there. I didn't know what it was about. So uh, the ash cans to me were, were, were a big step in, in advertising. 
because you have to spend money in advertising to kind of get seen and, and get noticed. And that's what the ash can was for me. I didn't see anyone else doing it. And I was like, why not? I mean, I understand that it's an expense, but if you're going to get out there and get known, how are you going to do it without something? Yeah. And, and so originally whenever I first started putting the money into it and doing my budget and stuff, I was like, okay, I can accept this amount of loss <laughs> as long as I start making it up on my second book. Right. And I honestly thought that Bushy Boo was going to be the big hit and that I was going to take a loss initially on, on, on that first one, which was PTSD. So, so I did kind of give myself a little bit of leeway. You got to put something into marketing. And I, I think a lot of creators nowadays are like, I'm not going to pay for marketing. You right. got free digital content. Why pay for it? Right. But there's something to be said whenever you have something in your hand, as opposed to just watching something on the internet. Yes, exactly. I think that's another reason, right? It's conversion, right? So how, yeah. how do you measure conversion? One of the things that, that, that works for me are these trading cards, mm -hmm. right? So you get a full gloss trading card, you know, of Samurai Duty. Who doesn't love Samurai, right? And on the back of it, there's QR codes and you can make a decision. There's three options, right? The, the, the YouTube channel, the website, the Kickstarter, click which one you want to support. Boom. Yeah. In your leisure, you go back home, you're going through all your comics that you just spent money on and you go, oh, I, I got this trading card. Let me go check this guy's stuff out. I think what you did was this fantastic strategy for somebody coming into the game that's so new to it that, that wasn't uh, uh, in the game. Your first outing, you did everything right, which is that's what I'm so impressed with with you. Thank you, you did everything right all the things that we've talked about through, throughout the years when we came out in the game in crazy comic we had no, no nobody to guide us we made all the mistakes and but we had fun doing it right <laughs> you somehow navigated in a space that was very calculating how did that set you up for your next project well, and, and I don't know, I made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> but, but it did set me up. I mean, cause, uh, everybody did see PTSD kind of was like, what is this next book and why isn't it along the same lines? And again, whenever you're starting out as a writer, it was like, uh, you had to make that one decision. I feel, are you going to make one title and then just stick with that one title and focus on it? Or right. are you going to write at least another one or two to let people know your range? Right. So whenever I, I did PTSD, I was like, I'm going to do a, a one shot so I can focus on Bushibu more. But I wanted to be able to do a, a complete story in right. 22 pages. And it set me up because people started taking notice of, of, of that. Whenever they started reading that, they're like, hey, what what's this next book you got out? And again, Whenever I started going to LCSs, they're like, you know, PTSD sold. We remember Bushy Boo from the ash can because it was a flip side. They're like, we'll we'll buy, you know, they bought a little bit more of, of Bushy Boo that that first go around of that than they did a PTSD. But there was like a you know, that's that second round that I went to Bushy Boo, they bought a few extra PTSD. So it kind of set me up in that way. But also, you know, getting that foot in the door knowing uh, a little bit more how to market online because one of the, the the most foreign thing to me was digital marketing right. and that still is probably one of my weaknesses but i learned a lot from that first campaign and it helped me quite a bit that's fantastic fantastic so 
you, you launched those two successfully. You launched your Kickstarter successfully. Mm-hmm. Now it opens the doors where now you're talking to publishers who want to publish your stuff. Yeah. Walk us through what that looks like. Wow. Uh, so I, I guess the, the, the first major thing was I, I had a, a publisher that came to and asked about buying uh, Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries. And originally I was actually going to sell it because I was like, I could put that money into other comics. The, the X, Y, and Z just didn't fit in, in, into the, I guess the, the contract play at the end. Right. So that kind of fell through. But the, the, the main thing that I gathered from that was the, the negotiating aspect in comics and being able to, to go back and forth with a publisher and not being scared. That really was the one thing that I was worried about the most. I, I didn't really talk to many publishers. I, I, ASAP uh, Imagination, after my fourth one, uh, we started talking. I know I, I started talking to uh, uh, Antarctic Press. I can't right. believe I spaced out. Right. Antarctic Press, uh, I got to talk to them for a minute. And, you know, they were talking about Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries as well. And it was just a fascinating thing to to be able to talk to a publisher, especially someone that that's as legendary as Antarctic press, you know, right. Uh, it, it, and again, it really was that, that, uh, being able to talk contract numbers and whatnot, which was uh, again, foreign to me. And I don't know if I'm any better at it, but you know, it, it gave me a little more confident at that point to say, Hey, maybe we can start taking these ideas to other publishers maybe we can start submitting stuff. And then I started submitting, I, you know, I didn't submit all my books. I think I submitted PTSD to like seven or eight publishers. And I got back like four letters and one was, uh, uh Hey, email me and let's talk about it kind of thing. Right. And I was like, wow. Cause I, I didn't, I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> I didn't think anybody was going to read my books, you know? So at this point it's like, Publishers are talking to me about my books. That's man, I still get goosebumps. It's, but it's that's what's fascinating about your story, right? I mean, there's so much humility, um, and there's so much. Th- th- your story is for anybody who's watching this. You know, if you're not taking away some great nuggets from this, um, I'm not sure what you're paying attention to, because it's fascinating. Because when everybody, there are people who come into the game that that since they were kids, that's all they wanted to do, right? You had to first identify how you're going to navigate, right, through life. How are you going to create focus so that way you can create? So you had you had a journey that was is very fascinating for anybody who's struggling, you know, with dyslexia, for anybody, yeah. right? Not only that, the value system that you have in place and all the smart decisions that you made even up till then, all the steps from getting an editor, all the steps from, from your marketing plan, you know, all the things that you did to make sure that you cultivated a project that you would be happy with and you still had doubts. That's what's fascinating about your story. It is it is, it is amazing. And, and I am so excited to see and to, to witness the trajectory that you're on, right? So let, let's get to this moment, right? So you, yeah. here we are. It's Paulie G., you got people talking about your product. You got publishers you know, wanting um, to work with you. 
you're 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 on a podcast, right? You're, you're doing a lot of things. How do you manage your time? And then what's next? What, how did you determine who you're going to partner with and why from from a publishing aspect? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> I originally lined with Charter Comics, amazingly great group, and then they've they're doing a lot of great stuff in their their I I want to say infancy kind of years. I think it's their first five years or so, right. and they showed me a lot lot uh, to do and and kind of how to navigate things along the way. Uh, we kind of. Uh, parted ways and I, I started talking to ASAP Imagination and I felt again this was a great company that was growing so if I was growing I wanted to grow with with someone as well right. and that, that that really is the reason that my four first books landed with them now um, with with uh, Dracula's Descent which actually came up whenever I first started planning my campaign of a prelude to aurora and i stopped my my campaign because or or the original run of it because that uh situation came up where they said hey we love this pitch that you have here um you know how long is it going to take because we want it by this time and i was i was like man i'm just about to launch this campaign so i gotta stop it and focus on that (laughs) But uh, Blood Moon is, is is a great great company. They they have great communication, and it really was that that they jumped at the the offer because I didn't exactly shop that around. I think my artist shopped it around more than I did, and and it really was between two different companies. And Blood Moon was the first one that said, you know, we love this concept. We we want to make we want to see it kind of refined, and then they sent us a contract and. We just kind of went along the way. I, I love working with publishers because it's like an extension of the team. You know, first you you have uh, the creator and the writer, and then you go find, to me, you go find an editor, and then you find the artist that fits well with that story. And I've been blessed to be able to find great artists. But after that, you have so much more that you can add on. Of course, the, the editor and the letters, I always say, unsung heroes of comics right but the the publishers are 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 the people that promote it in a a different way than you can and this is why i love people who who promote it as well like pops and 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 yourself and anyone has uh these indie people on their podcasts it's like 90 percent of the time you don't have to do this but you're out there giving them a platform to talk to your audience and and that's what I feel publishers are. There's that extension of that team that makes that project even better. Right. That's so right. that's, yeah, that's kind of how I, I, I find found like ASAP. It, it was just a great fit. Yeah. Yeah. Great group of guys. Paul's Paul is the man. Yeah. It got, I usually have George talking about, um, gig because he does it a whole lot better than i do but um if you uh subscribe to catch the craze and you uh let me see you subscribe to catch the craze you receive 50 percent off your sign up membership use uh, for gig global indie group join today cdc 50 cdc 50 head over to global indie group sign up you want exposure you want to promote your stuff you want to connect you want to network you want to build your competence that's the place to be 
Global Indie Group. Check it out. So yeah, that, that's fascinating. Usually George handles that, so I don't, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have the lingo down pack, but I'm doing my best. So, uh, so now we're here. Yeah, you on? You know, we we got to this point. You you secured publishing. You got multiple projects going on, and now you have Prelude to Aurora. What is that all about? So I got to tell you. So originally I didn't ex expect to do so many titles. I was thinking two, maybe three at the most, but Prelude to Aurora is kind of like my love letter to my artists. It's like a thank you. It's, it, it was uh, me and the, the interior artist, San, San Espina, we, we had gotten so close and so, so uh, communication that, that was flowing back and forth that I started asking him what he loved about comics, what he wanted. And I started writing a, a story that kind of took myself out of most of my reality-based comics. And this is this is kind of where, where Prelude came. He liked supernatural stuff. And I was like, I can do that. And then create like a, a human pool to it, I guess you could say, in a different, unique way. So what I wanted to do was something that could connect to audiences. And I felt like everybody loved gargoyles, but you don't see them that much. And it's like, if you have that much love for it in the comic community, why don't you see it that much? I was like, let's put gargoyles versus demons and have a chosen one kind of story in there, like the Matrix, if you will, and kind of spin a weave that that'll interest and pull you like no other comic does. Nice. I love that. Uh, you have Jeff Mouth and Moth. Yes, mute. Yes. <laughs> he said, uh, what is he, chop liver? What's up, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff tonight. So, uh, all right. So now, you know, you have this product. Is it the same artist that you worked on previous project with? Or was it a new artist? Tell, tell us about that. So Sam Espina, he's, he's the interior artist and the cover A. Now, Jeff is kind of like my <laughs> my best friend and my advisor. So he gives me heck. But but Sam, he was uh, the first interior artist for ptsd and the interior artist for cryptic haze so i had one team for that and then i had a different team for bushibu circus mysteries and i loved his art so much it was so unique and and so different the the, the panel storytelling and that was one thing that that i loved working with the most like i said this one was kind of like uh my thank you to my artists and i wanted to push his his boundaries of his stuff because I thought it was unique in a different way and doing a lot more action than I do than most, most of my comics. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, there's a lot of chatter going on. So walk us through the project. Uh, so you said you got demons and gargoyles and you got, you got someone in the middle and it's, it's, a, you know, and, and so what is the premise? What can people expect from the story? Um, walk us through that. So, I mean, it originally starts out with the, this this young woman who's kind of lost her memory and she's trying to figure out what's going on because the only thing she knows is she's self-destructive and she's trying to like kill herself to protect something and she doesn't know why. So as we go on, you know, from page to page, you know, some things start dropping here and there. She actually throws herself in the in front of a bus in the first few pages and something saves her. And she's trying to figure out what's going on. And so, like I said, it's it's a story that 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 I felt was a little bit unique because it drops hints here and there about what is happening. And it kind of gives you a little misleading thing of what's going on as well. 
but to me it was like my star wars because this is my my new hope if you will right so how 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 much input do you give on the actual covers because you have some really you know what i consider to be i cl- covers which will go down to be classic covers you guys are really fascinating Thank look you. Um, so how much input did you give it? Was it, um, did the artists have all the liberty to do it? Yeah, walk us through that. Okay. So, uh, one of the things that I learned from my first editor was uh, to have kind of a cover layout, you know, to kind of keep that eye on this. There are some artists that, that definitely have a little bit more leeway than others. Jeff again is my best friend. And whenever he says he wants to do a, a, a cover, you know, what are you going to say to your best friend? Except let's see it. <laughs> Right. But you know, with 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 San and and with Rich, this is a uh, Rich Rich Parada's cover right there. Uh, you know, formal former former Marvel artist. Yeah, I kind of like give an idea of what I'm looking for, but tell them, hey, if you have a concept that's different and better, you know, bring it to me and let's talk about it. Because I kind of want to make sure that there are things that are going to be from the book. Right. That you're going to see on the cover, but also I want to give them the freedom as well. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. I love that. I mean, uh, that you want to want me to play the trailer? Yeah, let's do it. Right, let's play this trailer. Let me oh get rid of this. Uh, wanna, oh, oh, geez, the trailer? oh that's yeah. that's no bueno. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I hear me. Oh, that's that's no bueno. There it is, bang. That's dope. What are we saying here? What are we saying here? So, and if they get my original cover prelude, I will discount our upcoming title cover original. Fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, if you haven't checked out, um, the link is in the chat. It's also in the summary. Um, fascinating. I mean, this is exciting. Um, so let me ask you something. So crowdfunding is not easy, right? No. <laughs> some, some are more successful than others. Right. You, you can never gauge. You know, we always say to we, you know, one of the things if you ever listen to Cancer Craze podcast, we always tell everybody, don't assume because your first one popped off that the second one's going to mirror that. It's not a right. guarantee. So always be very, very um, cautious on how you are setting your goals. Um, so that way you, it's achievable and you're not setting yourself up for failure. So what have you learned from 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 one crowdfunding campaign to the next? And how's that prepared you for future campaigns? 
I, I think the biggest thing that I learned is, again, you never know what's going to happen. You know, I, I feel like I've got a, a bit of a fan following, but it, it depends on what story is being told from here to there. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, what what's being offered. I, I've told everyone that this is a little bit more bare bones than most of my, my campaigns before. You don't have anything that's a Kickstarter exclusive, but you do have a, a, a bunch of stuff that this... In this one, uniquely, we did a uh, stretch goals that are every hundred mark after that thousand dollars to the two thousand. So there's ten stretch goals that are going to get open between that mark. That's one thing that that I wanted to do to kind of entice that readers because there are some things that I want to do with 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 a, a future Kickstarter, but this one was really just to get it off the feet to to make sure that I was getting this printed and out there to people and getting it in my hands so we could take it out to bookstores and conventions and, and to get it going. So I, I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, do, do research, see what else is out there and see, compare prices right? every time because, you know, the market changes from day to day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now you have the Kickstarter, you're funded, you know, you have 10 days to go. We like to um, exceed funding, right? Because it, oh, it's, yeah. it's all the expense costs to operational costs, right? But you also have a big event coming up in, on, on free comic book day. You want to share that? Yeah, that's right. The sixth, uh, well, it's going to be free comic book day. I geek out in Burleson. Uh, I hear a few people are going to be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah duty's gonna be there there right he's right. gonna be there it's gonna be a hoot you know yeah it's gonna be fun when he gets to meet bushy yeah right? there you go this little guy's gonna be there you know so i'll be hanging out with uh paulie g it's gonna be fun i'm excited about it side by side shoulder to shoulder but you know before that there's an event we're both gonna be at as well yes yes we're gonna be at the central comic uh the central central texas comic con yeah, right? and that's out in there Waco, in Waco. Waco. Yeah, that's Texas. Next so anyone down in Waco, you know, that's where we're going to be. Yes. But of course, like like you said, free comic book day. We're going to be out in Burleson, Texas, which is right around our hometown or <laughs> my hometown and, you know, where you live. So it, it's going to be, uh, you know, some fun stuff to do. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to it, um, you know. And um, so, yeah, yeah. And I'm excited for you, buddy. I mean, you're doing some really good things, um, you know, smart level-headed you're very calculating um with every step very meticulous about how you're doing it it's um it's a it's a good playbook for anybody trying to get into the game or struggling with how to navigate the game you know it's like put your pride down you know and you know network learn from people ask questions you know go out there be a student your student of the game because even no matter how long you've been in there's always so much to learn i mean we yeah. learn all the time i mean i learned from my experience in puerto rico you know it's like all right you know so it's like nothing no two conventions are the same. No, right? No two book signings are the same. No mm -hmm. two Kickstarter campaigns are the same, right? So you got to treat everything as if it's the first one, and just learn how to have fun. So how yeah. do you have fun, man? I mean, like I say, first and foremost, I'm a father. Yeah, I, I love hanging out with my kids, even if we're just sitting down chit chatting or, or watching a movie, TV show, or just playing and horsing around. Uh, that. That and, you know, getting to talk to me, meet great people. And, you know, one of the biggest things I tell people is I'm Paul Gomez 790, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you need any advice, whether it's comic book stuff or, you know, just having a bad day, message me and I'm, I'm there. That's, you know, that's how I fill my days because it's just who I am.
That's fantastic. <laughs> and who you are is a is an all around nice guy. I mean, and I think uh, you know that's why that's why things work in your favor. You 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 get from the universe what you put out to the universe. That's the way I look at it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's uh, uh, fantastic. So I five years from now, you and I are sitting at the bar. Where is yep. Paul? We're we're at a convention. It just closed down one. Probably a San Diego comic guy. <laughs> uh, man, I, I hope I, you know, originally, tell you the truth, I had a five-year plan, and that fifth year was to get into previews. That was my 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 new bucket list item. That was my five-year kind of goal. Right. So I, I guess I got to make a new one, but I, I'm thinking maybe New York. Nice, you know? New York Comic Con. Because I, I tried once or twice to get, the, get in there, and... They kind of said no to me, but you know, I, I think that's going to be my five-year goal. Oh, look at that. Look at you. See, and that's, what's great about it. It's like you're setting your, see, everything you've done, you created goals, mm -hmm. created a goal to read 300 page book. Right. You created a goal to create the story. You create everything. You had something to work towards. Yes. And that's the most important lesson for anybody watching this. It's like yep. work towards something. You know, I think Mike Matthew McConaughey he said, you know, he needs something to chase, something, yeah. something to work towards, and something to look forward to, right? And it's if you don't have those things, how are you going to get to where it is that you're thinking about, yeah. right? Because right you, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't have a map somewhere. Make a short-term goal, at least one or two, something in the next week or two. Make a long-term term goal, you know, something big in five years. But to me, it's always, you know, that time management list, you know, keep some stuff in order and and, and try, try to do something that's out of your wheelhouse. I, I wouldn't have done PTSD if I had just stuck to Bushibu. I wouldn't have done Bushibu if I hadn't, you know, did that whole brain tank with my kids, you know, and I don't think I would have met you if I hadn't gone to Dallas Fan Expo that time. Yeah. I mean, we might have met sooner or later, but, right. you know, it was one of those things. It was one step after another. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now, brother, I'm going to give you the screen and I want you to pitch and, and deliver your message to everyone out there. Why is Prelude to Aurora the must have item on crowdfunder right now? Go for it. And like I said, Prelude to Aurora is demons and gargoyles in an epic battle. You got to... Uh, a person that's stuck in the middle who's trying to figure out what's going on. What is it that you'd be wanting to kill yourself for to save a friend, to save a family member, to save a child, or are you saving the world? And how do you figure that out? Who are your real friends? Are they the gargoyles? Are they the demons? And how are you going to figure that out? Epic battle, which this is when I, I, I put so much more action in a unique way that my artists could, tell a story that that was a little bit different than most comics and it, it's a story to behold it's it's something that like i said i put detail in every single bit to make sure every penny was worth your while having said that again i'm paul gomez 790 if you ever need any help just need to talk look me up instagram facebook or twitter Fantastic, brother. I could talk to you all night. Your, your story yeah. is so fascinating. Um, it's very compelling. Thank you for being on the show. Um, you. You know, I mean, the stars and the moon online in your favor. You're doing good things. And uh, I'm glad that uh, I know you and I can yeah. call you my friend. And I'm looking forward to uh, 
just uh, toasting and celebrating and hanging out in a couple of weeks with you. Actually, in two weeks in a row. Two, two weeks, weeks in a row. row. Yeah, we're, we're road dogs. It's going to be fun. All the way until that five-year mark. We got this. Uh, got thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, this is Paulie G. Thank you so much. Prelude to Aurora on Kickstarter right now. Ten days left if you haven't backed it. Backed it. The, ch- the link is in the chat. It's also in the summary. And uh, thank you again, Paul. And uh, um, when we come back next week, we have more guests on. It's going to be fun. And then um, Catch a Craze will be on hiatus for a couple of weeks because I'll be traveling with work. So, again, check out Prelude to Aurora. Link is in the chat. Thank you to StoryComics.com. Barney Smith, who is the sponsor of this episode. We appreciate you. Go check out StoryComic.com. And don't forget, this nail in my toilet is on Kickstarter right now. And if you back it and you get a physical pledge, you're going to get a free copy of issue number one of Duty's Monsters on Planet Cthulhu. But you're going to get the sketch cover edition, the blank sketch cover edition. So that's fantastic. And don't forget, A Kid in a Comic is releasing, is shipping out the newspaper where Duty's a comic strip inside a newspaper. And that's going to start hitting stores and your your mailbox soon. So you can get a subscription base and get it ordered to you. If you like this episode, give me a thumbs up. Um, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Share it with a friend. When we grow, so does the indie community. I am your host with the most Sam the Crazy Man Rare. You guys have a blessed day. I appreciate every single one of you. Peace out. No, I was talking about my friend Aquisa. Oh. Say my name, say my name. This is what you were thinking. Oh, he's grabbing. He said, "I'm the idiot." Catch the craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze.